Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah, they can hear everybody. I hope you had a great Christmas. I am excited for today. I'm excited for today. I have lots of stuff to get to. By the way, I want you to remember that you guys can get this merch. Like, my books is dumb. Can they see this? Very nice. Yes, they can see your my books. My books is dumb t-shirt. Um, uh, or the Burn Barrel podcast t-shirt. I showed the folks in Connecticut that last week. And as well as that, you can also get the... Um, the legendary, the iconic, the little Jerry Callahan T-shirt in red or blue, and I gotta say, also, red is iconic and I love it, but blue is pretty handsome. It's pretty good, nice going. You look beautiful today too, as a Thanks, matter of fact. Honey. Are you basking in the glow? Else? Basking in the glow of what? <laughs> I can't say that on the. Why show, can't you sweetie. say that on the air? I can't say that on the show. It's not Why? appropriate. Kids listen. Our kids listen. That's okay, but it's it's fair to say. That you experienced pleasure at some point in the day. Is that fair to say? That's fair. All right. We have a great marriage. That's all I'm just going to say. And okay. I'm... So you're suggesting yeah. that it could have been a romantic That's interlude. Enough. that may have... <laughs> Why wouldn't, like, why would that be something that, I... that aren't we, aren't we married? Isn't it? Aren't, we can just go to town, I think, technically, Alice. We got a free pass. We have a... Passport, a pound and passport, Alice. <laughs> don't we, what? Say that. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't have a passport. So now, what? I think we do, or else. So, but once we got married, and you're a Christian, and I, I think it's all good, right? Mm. <laughs> What's that? Mm, you do look beautiful. This is see. This is great. Thank you. People want to hear this, Alice. Thank you. Very few. Do you want to tell them what you said? I, 
<laughs> when you asked me today if I was basking in the glow, and I said, yeah, I'm basking. Are you basking? And you said, I don't bask. And then you said, I'm on to Cleveland. <laughs> well, I have no... Pr- I think that's great. Now that I, You know, I think that's great. You know, to Belichick and not to Belichick. But I mean, I don't understand. It was post romantic interlude. Yeah. So what did what at all was there to what what more at that point were you looking for? I just thought you it said was maybe, funny that you said you were on to I know, Cleveland. of course that, that was funny, but you were basking in the glow and yeah. living it, but I, you know, we're we're on to the next uh town. Right? <laughs> What's the I'm next on, town? I'm on to Cleveland. <laughs> okay. You and some other time, I think, is how that works. <laughs> so there you go. I'm on to Cleveland. We're going to need basking in the glow. And we'd like to know from you guys, if you'd like to let us know about your sexual experiences, please feel free. What? What? <laughs> I don't oh, need to hear Oh, no, no, our son listens to this. Except for, uh, you know, okay, no. Yes, but actually, go ahead. Why wouldn't Alice? What, what what's wrong with this? Why do you want to hear about people's experiences? I don't because I want them to also be depraved, so I'm not alone. This isn't like a confessional. No, sex but show. But okay, how about this? What's the funniest thing that you ever said or heard said during, before, or after a romantic interlude? How about that? Is that okay? Can you? Okay, I'm on to Cleveland. Is up there. <laughs> Well, I mean, but that is, that's a classic. Talk about Alice knowing uh, situational football. It's like, you don't go fishing for romance after. That's a classic amateur era, right? I thought we were married so we could be romantic all the time. Yes, of course. But then you were looking, but but, but the romance happened. You were looking for me to sing you to sleep. (laughs) After Some people are romantic to their significant others, like, afterwards? all the time. No, uh, yeah, but immediately afterwards? No, no, no. You get the team gets off the field, Alice, <laughs> afterwards. Guys know this, I think. Guys, you guys know this. You know this. It's an international This fact. is like the bluest burn barrel pod of all time. No, it's already. not. I think it is. I don't think so. It's it's, come, it's, it's telling, talking about something absolutely healthy. To me, it looks me. It makes me look good. It makes you look bad, of course, <laughs> but that's... That's fine. That is the marriage that you you entered. <laughs> it's a good thing. I'm glad you're basking in the glow. I'm happy I was p- be able uh, able to deliver to you some uh, long lasting um, half life joy. <laughs> you know. So here you go. Ah, and thank you, uh, thank you for everything today. It was wonderful. It was well. Good, See, glad. there you go. Okay. That is, you want, that's, <laughs> that's the, the romance <laughs> that I get? Yes, it was swell. Um, Maybe we've been married too long. I don't know. So, But you do look great. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. I'm sorry uh, we started out today. Uh, we almost started out with a with a yelling situation. You were yelling at me just before the show. I was not. I just asked you if you had seen one of the shopping bags from my trip to Walmart on Friday. And what did we say? And this is going to be in an, in an accurate voice, I assume, too. Go ahead. What did I say? <laughs> You said, maybe you should just know where your Walmart bag is. No, you said, I can't find it, I can't find it, I can't find it. And I'm like, uh, oh, okay. And you said, we have a show in 15 minutes? It's like, why are you yelling at me? I didn't lose the Walmart bag. I am ready for the show in 15 minutes. You know? Well, you were still in the shower and you weren't getting any this audio. This doesn't just happen, Alice. Okay? <laughs> okay? Oh, you you were still in the shower and you weren't getting any audio. 
You were talking to Lou Gehrig of audio, Alice. Do you think I don't get audio under crunch time much? Okay. Which, as a matter of fact, today, what happened to be... I'm not Lou Gehrig today, by the way. I, or I'm, I, no, I am Marty Barrett. Are we going to have to get you a Lou Gehrig of audio t-shirt? Um, by the way, speaking of jokes missed, mm-hmm. the other day I was messing around <laughs> with... I was messing around with Brian... Who's in the morning show mm-hmm. on, on the station on WTIC in Connecticut, which mm-hmm. I will not be there this week, but please feel free to listen and find, listen to me on Odyssey and replays, et cetera, and the rest of you. But I, Alice, this is like sometimes you hand somebody a gift. So during the show, we're doing the we're doing like a back and forth. I'm going at him for being a big liberal Democrat, whatever, which I'm not going to do anymore because he's not. He's absolutely not. That's okay. And we're just ch- chiding each other kind of during the during mm-hmm. the. During the uh, crossover, you know, uh, you know, blaming him for being a wacky lefty, and he's like blame pushing. It's it's very, you know, formulaic what you do. He said, "I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Democrat." I said, "I have to- been told by my moles that you're a Democrat." He says, "No way. I'm not a crazy liberal." I said, "I said to him, Alice, if you're from Massachusetts, you're absolutely a crazy liberal." And you know what he said? What did he say? I'm not. I'm not. What was happening right there when I said that? Uh, I, I handed him the grenade with the pin in and said, here you go. The joke is... You're from Mass. Exactly. <laughs> no, it didn't happen. Well, we're, so there you go. So now I've learned my lesson. No more handing people grenades if they're not going to use them. Ah, all right, little lady. How are you? Good. You're just... Basking cold. in the glow? Of course. <laughs> what are you typing? I'm not. Have you tweeted again that we're live now? I can tweet again that we're live. I show 58 people watching currently. Uh-huh. I don't know what you're looking at. All right. Um, oh, by the way, tomorrow I will be... Uh, I'm going to try to debut wearing my Kirk Minahan show shirt. I believe there's a chance that it is too uh, small for me because I remain a fat... Oh, and uh, if I don't wear that, I will be wearing the Hartford Fire Department shirt for, that we got from Joe from Simsbury, which you got too, which you love. I do. It's pink. I love it. And the cool hats that our kids got. Oh, look at this. By the way, see Dana Mass Main? Mm-hmm. Dr. Main um, has the green little Jerry Callahan shirt on. It looks like a million bucks. I'm going to retweet that too. Okay. There we go. See what there's only... Scandemic, not a pandemic. Absolutely. All right, mm-hmm. let's get to business, shall we? Let's do it. Ooh, Alice. Here we go. Hold on. Can't let your son listen to this one. <laughs> what did I do? That's the almost you, a Nike slogan. It's totally clean. You, know, you were the wrong. you were the source cause, root cause, Alice, of this kind of talk. I'm not the root. You're cause the root of cause. Anything. You're the root cause that caused eventually the basking and thus the commentary of all of this stuff. Oh, I had uh. ordered room service, but it didn't count, <laughs> didn't uh, show up. Oh, what's you know what? How much... I wanted the cameras to. There's not a. There's not a, a a. Why are he missed? I want your phone. There we go. That's how it is now. <laughs> I want your phone. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you too, could my. You, dude. Could you tell Uncle Jimmy to look at his texts, Cyril? Tell Uncle Jimmy to look at his text messages, okay, when you go down there. Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. He just shook his head no. I appreciate that. That's very helpful. He moved your camera again. That's how you say no. Yes, I saw. <laughs> I know you I know how to say no. 
Does my camera move? Do you want me to nudge it no, over? No, it's okay. I'll fix it. It's okay. Nobody move. All right. Hey, it's a... Oh, sorry about that. All right. Here we go. Uh, I'm waiting for you to tweet. Did you? Yes. I, I just retweeted. You retweeted? Oh, what you already tweeted. And said we're live now. Oh, okay. It's called a quote tweet. Oh, very nice. Okay. Let me just uh, let me just hit this. I'm gonna call this guy right here. You know what? Do our social media marketing on the show, honey. Everyone loves that. <laughs> hey. Hi, can you check your texts? Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Talk to you a bit. All right. Okay. So the the thing that's got everybody going, and on the Sunday shows today. That Kamala Harris, they essentially they're all uh, phoned in. They're all mostly canned. The Kamala Harris thing and Margaret Brennan there was today. She um, she was unremarkable as usual. She said the thing where you know COVID's nobody's fault. Yada yada yada. She had no excuse for Afghanistan. She said if we didn't pull out from Afghanistan, there there'd be a new Afghanistan war starting in the United States right now. So that we had to. And that's what she said. Uh, they asked her what she was doing, what they were doing about um, the um, about the coronavirus, and she just said nothing. She had nothing to say. This was their attempt. You know, they're working on damage control for her. It was a softball interview for the most part by Margaret Brennan, so it was there was nothing great, and uh, there was just nothing to it. She's not she's not great. In a, in a way, though, I kind of feel like she's perfect for this administration. I mean, if you're going to have talk about a a gender identity hire and a race identity hire and exactly why you don't pick somebody when for merit this is uh, this was so sorry showing exactly why you don't pick somebody without merit she embodies that totally and they even mentioned she's the first uh, Af- uh, black in first uh, Southeast Asia, whatever they called her today, um, a woman of color to be the vice president. It's like, yes, we see that. But for them saying that, every time they say that is only diminishes her, her um, gravitas even more. Because yeah. there's, other than those characteristics, there is nothing else, literally. It is... It is how you would a Republican would claim that this kind of affirmative action works. And now it's terrible. She embodies it totally. Well, yeah. To say that she's the first Southeast Asian woman and the first black woman, et cetera, et cetera, is not that's not a response to she's terrible at this job. Right. It right. doesn't it doesn't right. Right. respond to the question. And then and in fact, that makes it sound like that's the only reason she's there. If mm-hmm. that's your response, when people are saying, why is this incompetent lightweight doing this right now? And she's she knows she's in trouble. And they're also like doing constant damage control, leaking things to the media, trying to like explain that it's just like racist Republicans that are hurting her or something. She... um. There was this piece in the New York Times a couple days ago where um, they were talking about how she's um, that her allies are increasingly concerned that Biden relied on her to win, but isn't using her to govern. Right. And they're complaining. So apparently 
they explain that she's worried about her likability, so she's been reaching out to, obviously, who you reach out to when you're worried about your likability, Hillary mm-hmm. Clinton, <laughs> to check and see if that's um, if there's stuff she can do about that. She's turned to powerful confidants, including Hillary Clinton, to help her plot a path forward. How low is that? She's privately told allies that the news coverage of her would be different if she were any of her 48 predecessors, whom she's described as all white and male. The New York Times uh, adds in at this point, Charles Curtis, the vice president under Hoover, was, spoke proudly of his Native American ancestry. So, you know. You said that you feel the responsibility because you are the first and that you carry that with you. Um, what does that mean for what you actually see as your biggest accomplishment? Well, that, that's a great question. Um, I'll tell you one thing. When I go to an event, whatever it is, and some dad or some mom brings their kids, daughters, sons, and says, that's your vice president, Mm -hmm. and challenges their kids to think about who does what as a way, I think, of empowering their kids to know they can do anything they want, not be confined by who has traditionally done what. I think that is... um, that's one of the things that I that, that gives me joy is to know that 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 might be a possible. So that's her biggest. And then in terms of the work, I mean, it's so wide ranging. It's everything from again what we talked about in terms of maternal health. I'm, I love electric vehicles. I'm a geek when it comes down to it, mm-hmm. and what we have the capacity to do. Again, 25 million children, at least pre-COVID, a day in America go to school on these diesel trucks, mm-hmm. right? On these buses. And inhaling those fumes, which have a direct impact on their ability to learn, and and what we can do there, what yeah, we can do the in terms with of the, the work we're doing to clean buses. up lead pipes. That's why mm-hmm. people's um, testing scores are <laughs> way down. That's the issue. Very excited about that work because it's it's not only about STEM, but it's about national security. It's about international norms. So there's a variety of work, and um, wow, it's, a loud it's really you know and diverse in terms of the the range. There you go. There you go, Alice. I just love the idea. Oh, sorry. That's her with the child actors. Um, but it was pretty much like that. She is remarkably um, vacuous. Uh, and it's, it's, that's how the, that's how the thing, the thing went. She also said, um, listen to this. Hold on. She also said, uh, oh yeah, here's, here's a great Kamala Harris one. People saw you a flash of anger the other day when you did that interview with Charlemagne. So who's the real president of this country? Is it Joe Manchin or Joe Biden, Madam Vice President? Come on, Charlemagne. I really Come on. I, it's Joe Biden. I can't no, tell no, no, sometimes. No, 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 no. It's Joe Biden. And don't start talking like a Republican about asking whether or not he's president. Do you think Joe Manchin and, is and a problem? It's Bi- and, it's Bi- and it's Joe Biden. And I'm vice president. And my name is Kamala Harris. She's got the finger in his face thing going right now, <laughs> head swiveling around. She's telling him in a street way. Yeah, that's right. She's, you know, shutting him up. And the reality is because we are in office, we do the things like the child tax credit, which is going to... Re- anyway, at the end of it, he said, you know, I miss that Kamala. The problem is that that Kamala also is the only tool. She can act like a slay queen sometimes during friendly softball interviews. That is also not a helpful skill set. 
It is not born uh, results as positive results. Well, yeah, and that's why, like, I think a lot of people first kind of found out about Kamala Harris during mm-hmm. the Kavanaugh stuff. Like, I think that that really was a good moment for her because she's good at that. Mm-hmm. She's good at, like, seeming pretty and cool and collected as she asks pointed questions in a controlled setting, not, like, getting stuff done. And it's even funny that she, like, raised the child tax credit there, which, like, Manchin has killed now. So, you know. It's going to be interesting. What do you think your biggest failure has been at this point? <laughs> to not get out of D.C. more. <laughs> <laughs> like to the border? Like where? What do you mean? No, just just D.C. more. Just D.C. more. Oh, also, terrible communication. Because <clears throat> it's administration, once again, not admitting anything's wrong. So her biggest failure is not getting out of D.C., Yep. People around the world watch what we do as America. And right now, we're about to take ourselves off the map as a role model. If we let, if we let people destroy one of the most important pillars of a democracy, which is free and fair elections. You're talking about what's happening in state capitals around the country. I am. I'm talking about that. <laughs> Once again, the place where you're standing in our world, and it's our election laws that the states vote on because they're they have some autonomy that's what the world's looking at us and saying what the f about uh there was one other thing oh here's the oh yeah here we go one other thing that that blows me away and this is great this is this is i wasn't that didn't mean to play these but now i'm, st- I'm stuck in the kamala loop <laughs> One more here. Hopefully it's right down here and easy to play. Um, this is when you have the New York Post. You never quite know. Come on, Post. Where is it? Don't make me do this. It's almost as if you're wanting me to scroll all the way through. I'm just looking for a Twitter. Dang it, come on! Maybe it's up here. Hold on. Okay, here we go. It's coming. Where's my fast internet? This is supposed to be a million gigs down, right? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Hold on, guys. Okay, Lou Gehrig of audio. Lou Gehrig here. (sighs) It's not starting. Come on. Let's go. Go, go. What do you see as the biggest national security challenge confronting the U.S.? What is the thing that worries you and keeps you up at night? Frankly, one of them is our democracy. And that I can talk about because that's not classified. Um, It really... Right. The biggest national security threat is our democracy. She has a whole list of other ones, but they're all classified. <laughs> it is remarkable that this... Oh, sorry. That this woman is still, even though all the press she's getting right now is talking about how unprepared she is, is that she is still wholly unprepared. Even for this softball interview. Biggest accomplishment. Oh. Biggest <laughs> failure. failure. I don't get out of Washington enough. What? <laughs> What's the biggest uh, global threat out there? Our democracy. Yeah, no, it's astonishing because it's so lazy. That's what's incredible about it. Like, I don't think she's fundamentally a dumb person. Like, she probably could learn some of this stuff if she wanted to. But it just seems like she puts a lot more of her energy towards, like, being the first black and South Asian vice president and what that means. And her sister's, like, making money off the Kamala brand Mm -hmm. and, like, what the Kamala brand is 
than she does actually knowing anything about any of these problems. And she seems perpetually astonished by the fact that people ask her questions and expect her to know things in response to them. Right. And you know right now that she is um, reaming her staff for the job she did in there. Right. Is that she does a bad interview and then yells at other people. All right. Over to Joe Biden. I think the big thing that jumped out at everybody was this Let's Go Brandon thing where the Bidens are doing a call around, a throwaway Christmas thing about uh, the about watching, NORAD Santa. Watching NORAD Santa. Who, who was wearing a mask. Yes, which year. I wish a missile shot him down. <laughs> um, he was wearing a mask or whatever. And so the Bidens are doing this thing and, uh, and it's always a risk. It's always a risk doing these things. And so this happens. You already know about it. I hope you have a wonderful hey, Christmas. Well, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Uh, Merry thank Christmas you. and let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I <laughs> <Yeah>. agree. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my thing on this. As you know, Alice, I thought that was a terrible classless thing to say. I, 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 I don't. It's not the end of the world. I get the joke. It's fun to be on our team and to dunk, etc. But it's cheap ass. The guy is going around doing greetings to people. He is putting politics aside for a moment and giving season's greetings, Christmas greetings in the name of Christmas about Santa, etc. And he leaves himself vulnerable if you want to take a cheap shot at him when he does that. And I think it's just, it's, it's, it's not great. It looks, it's a suck look, in, in, no matter who. And I realize that people gave the finger to Trump and there was, it was, they said stuff to Trump. And that wasn't, that was terrible too. I just think it's, it's a, it was a cheap shot and um, not a class thing to do. I know the dude feels good about himself or whatever. That said, the left now attempt to, uh, to destroy him, the guy who said that. Is also yeah. He's been now. His identity's public. He's been yes. interviewed everywhere. I mean, to his credit, he's not whining about it. He's done the interviews. He seems fine. He said um, he told the Oregonian. He's from Oregon. His name is Jared Schmeck. He said he meant no disrespect. Uh, he no. has nothing against Mr. Biden, but he's frustrated because he thinks he could be doing a better job. And it was a joke. Merry Christmas and let's go, Brandon. He said. Um, he posted a video of the call on YouTube, and then uh, the connection broke up for him at the end of the exchange. Yeah, and there's at least one Giorno type out there um, as I said that he should be punished for doing it. Like this whole idea that you can't not allowed to speak freely because he punked the president. Yeah, it's interesting because he said. He said in his interview that he thought the call would be automated, but he just waited. He called in and then he just waited on hold and they answered. So mm-hmm. maybe part of it is on the White House, too, for like not vetting people a little bit. Like, I don't know how much call screening I don't they know. did, but like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, it, when you talk to the general public like that and have a camera around, you remember the Joe the Plumber th- stuff with Obama? Sometimes you get a bad one. You know, that just happens. But anyway, I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't, but I don't know. It. He said he understands there's a vulgar meaning. He goes, but he wouldn't have said the other words. He said he seems like he's a cordial guy. There's no animosity. It was just an innocent jest to express my frustrations in a joking manner. It's fine. He's fine. It's not the end of the uh, not the end of the world. Uh, I just I just think that you know you got these times. Like I said to you, they put the governor of Connecticut on with me when the hurricane was happening when I was doing hurricane coverage, mm-hmm. which was just uh, you know. 
fabulous award-winning radio. Let me tell you, Tom Shattuck talking about driving safely in the in the rain. Uh, they put Ned Lamont with me, and I. It's one of those things where you don't. I, I could have just attacked him and raked him over the coals and went after him for being a tyrant and emergency powers and kids in cages and da 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 da. And illegals flying into... But the dad didn't do that. He just said, well, let's go, Brandon. And Biden took it pretty well to his credit. I don't think he uh, was so out of it he didn't realize what it meant or something. I think he was just caught off guard and he just kind of yeah, responded have... lightheartedly and didn't start trouble, which I think is probably the way to handle it in the right. moment. Right. And there's no doubt, and we saw that with Trump, you were encouraged to use vulgarity and employ it and have kids employ it whenever possible. It was always a thing to go ahead and do it. You know, some of that stuff, I don't... Uh, I, I see there's signs as well. There's some around here that say bleep Biden and this and that. It's like... I get it. Yeah, Fine. I mean... So... But I don't, like, have... You are upset with the dad for doing it. I don't really think it's that bad. And you know that he... If it were, like, the other way around and somebody did that to Trump, they would be lionized and celebrities and huge and... Well, know. also... Trump would fire back. <laughs> it would be a very different scenario. The other thing is that, like, the way the media has responded to this is they're, like, focusing on the fact that, like, Biden is so nice for doing these calls. And then in, like, more than one of the articles about this exchange, they've gone to, they've said, it gone to the Trump exchange with the seven-year-old a few mm -hmm. years ago when he said to the kid, like, are you I'll still play it right now. Here yeah. we go. At this moment. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Here we go. Are you still a believer in Santa? Because at seven, it's marginal, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is a tr Trump masterpiece. That <laughs> Trump I miss. He was absolutely the funniest commander-in-chief there ever could be. <laughs> ever could be. No, the problem with, with Trump was he took that, and speaking to Kamala, he took that as serious as some of his COVID briefings. <laughs> You know, where yeah. he was just spitballing live, whatever. Okay, we'll do this for about 45 minutes. Go, I'll work the press for a little bit. I'll, I'll mention some things. But that that is fine. That is fine. Seven is marginal. Yeah. So, but it's just funny to me that the press is like, see how great Biden is and he's being attacked when Trump was telling children not to believe in Santa. Like, they're like, you know, it it's still all about Trump to them, which is mm -hmm. nuts because, like, you probably have a pretty fair one that it's like not great behavior by the dad or whatever which like i say i don't have as big a problem with it as you do that you think it's like unclassy and rude but i you know right you love it but so here's the other thing um this is joe biden said this about omicron as well which kamala had said the vice president said in recent days that that you didn't see delta coming you didn't see omicron coming how did you get it wrong <laughs> How did we get it wrong? Nobody saw it coming. Nobody in the whole world. Who saw it coming? At one point, though, he did, and the White House has admitted it wishes it had gotten the uh, test kits out. Uh, and it sounds like they've taken ownership of that, about getting about the lack of test kits. What worries you, my dear? Mm, something's wrong with our stream, but just keep going. I got it. Not okay, it's working. I just refreshed it. Okay. It's fine. Why did it die? I don't know. Maybe it was just on my end. I don't know. Are you sure you're not basking the glow so much that you've been distracted? I'm fine. <laughs> Worry about yourself. <laughs> All right. So that was um, 
so that was Biden, like I said, else the, the administration saying, I mean, they really did cough it up on this testing. How stupid. Well, yeah. So Vanity Fair is now reporting and this is like the big story today. So they have this testing plan now. Um, but and they're like, we could not have predicted this. We had no way to do this before. But apparently they had a big meeting in October with public health experts who met with them and tried to get them to get ready to do a holiday testing program where they would give rapid tests to everybody. So the rapid tests are less sensitive than the PCR tests. They mm -hmm. don't like catch as much, but the obviously the advantage is they're fast. Right? Yes. So um, the basically what they're saying um, is that the Experts who interacted with the White House came to believe the Biden administration had deprioritized rapid testing, partly out of concern that people would opt for that instead of getting vaccinated. As one expert put it, it was clear they felt people who didn't want to get vaccinated might like no strings attached rapid testing. And the White House's Tom Inglesby said the administration was always committed to both. In our analysis, they're not competing with each other. They're not zero sum. But So this is really interesting because it seems that... What experts are saying who have been trying to tell the White House now for months to to do more of the rapid testing is it seeming to them like the White House doesn't want people to have access to testing because they're afraid they won't get vaccinated if they have access to testing. And you could certainly see that. Absolutely. Yeah, because they've been so focused on the vaccination numbers and mandating vaccines and all this stuff. And it's interesting because a lot of their mandates end up making people lean more on testing so like these work mandates right where it's like they have a testing option but if you make it so inconvenient and expensive to do the testing option where you get tested every week before you go to work or whatever like because you have to wait in lines or spend 150 dollars at cvs for like their last rapid test kit or whatever which everybody's been having this problem as they go into the holidays and like a lot of places and families are asking people to do it we didn't make people rapid test before we hung out with them but some people are mm -hmm. crazy like that so you know if you've been out there trying to get rapid tests right now that it's really really hard to do it because everybody's looking for rapid tests and the mandate is making the strain on those things worse the uh and you know the biden administration apparently has been actively helping this this process. So this was October 22. A group of testing experts were on a Zoom call with the Biden administration and presented a strategy for overhauling the approach for testing. The 10-page plan, which Vanity Fair obtained, would enable the U.S. to finally do what many other countries had already done, put rapid at-home COVID testing into the hands of citizens, allowing them to screen themselves in real time and reduce transmission. The plan called for an estimated 732 million tests a month, a number that will require a ramp-up of manufacturing capacity. It also recommended on the first page a testing surge to prevent the holiday COVID surge. So, and what the antigen tests do is they, they're they looking for COVID, like when there's the most COVID in your body. Like the PCR test multiplies out the whole COVID thing. And so you're getting a very sensitive test that can detect even very low levels. But the idea of the rapid test is it's getting you when you're most contagious. So... In theory, you shouldn't be very contagious if you're negative on the rapid test. Right, but but really, that is that would be a the absolute um, 
the absolute, what's the Latin word for technique in which you murder? A technique in which you do a crime. It's your... Modus operandi. Yes, of this administration. Totally. Which would explain but why so- when uh, when the uh, PBS reporter asks Jen Psaki... She's flipping. Look at what we've done over the course of time. We've quadrupled the size of our testing plan. We've cut the cost significantly over the past few months. And this effort to uh, to push uh, to ensure insurers are you're able to get your your tests uh, refunded means 150 million Americans will be able to get free tests. That's kind of complicated though. Why not just make them free and give them out to, and have them available everywhere? Should we just send one to every American? Maybe then. Then what? Ha- then what happens if you if every American has one test? How much does that cost? And then what happens after that? All I know is that other countries seem to be making them available for in greater quantities for less money. Well, I think we share the same objective, which is to make them less expensive and more accessible. Right? Uh, every country is going to do that differently. And I was just noting that again, our tests go through the FDA approval process. That's not the. The problem is that Biden complained last year about Trump's ability to get tests. To every American. Mm-hmm. So, and he complained this week when he was on ABC News. He said, I wish I'd thought about ordering 500 million at-home tests two months ago. But, like, the incompetence of the administration is so staggering, right? Because, like, they're pointing out to Saki, other countries are doing this. This isn't some, like, crazy idea that only people in America have, right? It's not some attack on Biden. And you know... Trump, who is Mr. Flashy, who loves doing big stuff, who wants to have military parades and infrastructure bills and this and that. Trump would be trying to find a way to unveil the biggest, most incredible testing plan ever seen by mankind, right? Just like he did with the um, Operation Warp Speed stuff and the vaccines. And it really, really makes you realize how much the Biden administration has relied on the coattails of the Operation Warp Speed vaccines in everything they've done for COVID. These vaccines are available in the numbers that Trump ordered or, you know, the additional orders that he contracted for in the contracts that Biden exercised those clauses in the Trump contracts to get more vaccines. They are available at the dates Trump said they would be to the majority of Americans and, and everybody can have them. And the Biden administration has relied on that as their own achievement when it's something that happened out entirely outside of the Biden presidency. Right. His only success is Trump's success. And when it's been handed to him, the tools to do similar things with other things, such as testing, he's, absolutely just run away from it, screwed it up, been incompetent on it, ignored the people talking to him and giving him ideas, oh, totally. whatever. And, and, and the public health bureaucrats aren't aren't setting him straight right. at all. They understand they're all in for the mission, which was incredible today. Uh, by the way, here's Biden saying that a year ago. We need to scale up testing so anyone who needs one can get a test. After 10 months of the pandemic, we still don't have enough testing. That's a travesty. That's December 29th, 2020, almost a year mm-hmm. ago, exactly. Scale-up testing, and he never scaled-up testing. Re- remarkable. Yeah, and there you go. And so then, here, it didn't stop. Three days after the meeting, on October 25th, the COVID-19 testing experts from the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health, the Rockefeller Foundation, and the COVID Collaborative, and other organizations, so this is not, like, weird Trump wackos, they received a back-channel communication from the White House that their big, bold idea for free home tests for all Americans to avoid a holiday surge was dead. 
I mean, like, I I would say that that's pretty damning on the on the Biden administration's handling of COVID in general. Um, I was also reading something. So like a lot of these antibody, a lot of these treatments that we have for COVID are not effective against Omicron because it's too different. Like a lot of these, um, the what's it called? The the Regeneron thing and all the monoclonal right. antibodies. They're not effective against Omicron. When last Christmas we were in a situation where we had significantly fewer vaccinated p- people vaccinated. Emergency rooms were filled. You had serious backups in hospitals that were causing great difficulties. Um, we're in a situation now where we have 200 million people fully vaccinated. 200 million people fully vaccinated. And we have more than that who have had one shot, at least one shot. And they're getting these booster shots as well. Sorry. Go ahead. So it's interesting that, you know, so I was looking and reading about this and there's like one treatment. I'm trying to find this the thing I was reading about it again, but it, I can't. It, but anyway, but there's this treatment that does work for Omicron. Mm-hmm. And it's now really hard to get. And the Biden administration is rationing it the same way that they did with the monoclonal no, antibodies. No, this is a different one. This is like one of the only treatments that works against Omicron. So um, Joe Pilot, MD, who's on Twitter, Joe Silverman 7, who's a pediatrician in the Chicago area who tweets a lot about COVID and stuff. He was saying that they have allocated like 3,200 for the whole state of Illinois. And they have like way more people than that hospitalized with COVID where like 90% of the COVID burden is Omicron right now because they're rationing the whatever works again. And then somebody pointed out that Trump during the Trump administration in 2020 had ordered what we have of this and Biden hasn't stepped it up since he has a tiny supply and he's rationing it like but but Trump was out there Trump was trying everything he was doing Operation Warp Speed he was talking about like the disinfecting lights getting injected mm-hmm. or whatever that got inter- reinterpreted as injecting bleach or whatever. He was he was trying everything. He was ordering monoclonal antibodies. When he got sick with COVID, he tried all the things. Like, he was out there trying stuff, buying solutions, getting, you know, the government yeah. to work for this stuff to try and find solutions to the problem. And the Biden administration's just, like, coasting. It's like nobody's you know driving is? the ship. You know what it was? It was a policy of common sense with Trump. Common sense. Try all the stuff. Sure. Throw money at the at the vaccine makers. Yeah. Do, whatever, do all the things. Yeah. With Take Biden, all these millions of dollars and make whatever you need to make to make Bi- this go away. With That's Biden, how he handles th- problems. This is being run by a conglomerate, a, a tribunal almost, of the comms team, uh, the re-election, I said in quotes, campaign, and the teachers unions. And those, those you know, that's the council mm-hmm. that makes these decisions. And so nobody's proactive. I did hear, you know, I did actually hear a public health expert, the guy on Fox, I think, today uh, on the Sunday show say that, yeah, we screwed up testing. We should have been flush with testing. And people are saying that we should have been flush with testing. What's making it even, what's made even more egregious was Vivek Murthy, the Surgeon General, Alice, was on one of the shows today, I think with Chuck Todd, sounding the alarm, Alice. Mm-hmm. about something that he agreed with was a new public health emergency, which was, Alice, the mental health fallout from the pandemic, its effect on young people. Breaking news, huh? 
weird. It's wow. so strange. I don't know anybody who's ever a, been worried about that. A new public health uh, a, uh, a emergency. It's the mental health crisis we have now. Vivek Murthy was talking about breaking news, telling us about the urgency of the mental health crisis, having just recently been a cause of the mental health crisis. Hmm. This is Paul Revere saying the British are coming while dressed as a redcoat. <laughs> this is remarkable, the audacity or blinders that are go involved in this. But these are public health people. They're all a little crazy. And to, to think that that's where they are now, saying that that happened. Mm -hmm. And also, I want to say, too, just how incredibly lazy the crap with the masking has been. Rochelle Walensky has talked for end on end. She has never stopped talking about you need masks. It's proven. Arizona study. Proven. Arizona study. Proven. Arizona study. Proven. Got to wear the mask. As we head into these winter months, we know we cannot be complacent. We also know that um, from previous data that, vac that schools that have had masks in place were three and a half times less likely to have school outbreaks requiring school closure. So right now we are going to continue to um, recommend masks in all schools for all um, people in those schools. And we will look forward to scaling up pediatric vaccination during this period of time. Right. In other words, yep, you heard her, you know, the three and a half times, you know, the masking, masking, masking. She did it off of some in Arizona survey or whatever was it to this yeah which the media had all the time in the world to dissect or scrutinize which of course they mm -hmm. didn't until david's and they didn't have to like go out and reinvent what? the wheel nope. we talked about this on this show because <clears throat> i found you know a scientist breaking down the study yes. and saying this is garbage science at the time they didn't right. control for any of the factors right because because if you don't get it yet if you don't get it yet They've been lying to your face about the masks. They've been lying about the testing, as you just read, mm -hmm. Alice. They had the choice to do it. They don't want to do it. They want you. To, they want to cajole you into the behavior they want to cajole you into. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And this mask thing has been a farce from the very beginning. From the very beginning. Because these people are liars. David Zweig of, wrote a piece for The Atlantic and then was on the Blocked and Reported podcast. This is like a triple stolen thing I'm playing. He recorded for the Blockman Reported people the synopsis of his Atlantic article on this. <laughs> and they played it on their air. Now we're going to play it on our air. So follow David Zweigens, what are Z-W-E-I-G, and follow Blockton Reported. All credit to those guys. Here is him breaking down the problems with this survey that the CDC and our public health institutions have been citing, waving around for why you have to wear masks, as the president and Democrats uh, castigate and call the people who aren't wearing masks killers and criminals all over the place and saying your kid has to wear a mask. David Zweig breaks this thing down. I wrote an article for The Atlantic about a CDC study um, that looked at roughly a thousand schools in Arizona where they were comparing schools that did have mask mandates versus schools that did not have mask mandates. And they wanted to look at how, what the number of outbreaks were in these two different groups. And they found a really dramatic um, result, which was that the schools without mask mandates had three and a half times more outbreaks than the schools with mandates. That's just what you heard from Rochelle Walensky a moment ago that she st says has been saying forever, three and a half times, three and a half times. Which, in effect, that size should already, like, make you sort of question because we all know a lot of people that wear masks a lot mm -hmm. that still get COVID. So to say that it's like four times as likely to happen when there's a mask mm -hmm. 
it, when you don't have a mask mandate, like immediately your BS detector should be going off. That something's weird. About well, well not only that, Alice, but it's malpractice. How many people were given a false sense of security? Right. I've got my mask on. There you go. It says Dunder Mifflin on the side. I feel clever and safe now and good and noble. And I'm going to go out and I can't get COVID. <coughs> so this was like a really dramatic finding saying, whoa, mask mandates. They really, really work. And this was reported in basically every single major media outlet in the country. R- Rochelle Walensky who's the director of the CDC. She was like all over TV. She was at White House briefing. She was tweeting it. Everyone kept talking about three and a half times, three and a half times. But something about this seemed really fishy to me. So the study says it began on July 15th and it ran from July 15th to August 31st. So I started looking up a bunch of the schools um, in the study and it showed that on their calendars that they didn't begin until August. So I thought that was really strange. And then there's something else that was strange too. So the study looked at two counties in Arizona. One's called Maricopa and the other one's called Pima. And the schools in Maricopa looked like, based on what was written in the study, it looked like a a disproportionate number of them were also the schools that didn't have mask mandates. And from what I was seeing when I was looking at these school calendars was that these Maricopa schools were the ones that were beginning earlier. So that started getting worrisome. So I emailed the lead author of the study, and indeed, she confirmed for me that the schools didn't all begin on July 15th. And in fact, when I looked up later and started looking, I actually took the time to look up all these schools. Um, Almost 90% of them didn't even begin until August. So the idea that this ran for six weeks from July 15th to August 31st was just simply untrue. But the most worrisome part is the schools without mask mandates, as I thought would be the case, and she admitted to me, indeed, were open longer than the schools with mask mandates. Um, Now, that's sort of the median difference um, she said she indeed confirmed was longer. And there's no way to know the exact differences because the authors refused to share their data set with me. But what we know for a fact is that many of the schools in the no mask mandate group were open longer. So this is kind of like epidemiology 101. You can't compare two different groups looking for the incidence of something occurring, yet have one group looked at for a longer duration of time than the other. Um, You know, obviously that's really putting an invisible thumb on the scale. And this was not disclosed in the paper and it wasn't adjusted for in their analysis. Um, So that was kind of the main finding that was worrisome. And the other one is that they said there were 782 schools in this Maricopa County that they looked at in their study. And I ultimately, it's a very long saga, but through through a a public records request, I forced the um, state of Arizona to send me the list of schools that the authors of the study used because the authors kept refusing to share their data with me. And what I found was when I got this master list of schools, there were schools that were closed there were preschools, there were online schools, amazingly enough, when they were looking at a study at, you know, people in person, they were like virtual academies. And there were a whole bunch of these like um, vocational programs that they saw, thought were schools, but they actually weren't. So in reality, there were nowhere near 782 schools in the study, which then raised the question, how do you know how many outbreaks are in schools that don't actually exist? So the whole thing was absolute rubbish. So Alice, mm-hmm. does Rochelle Walensky, do they all know it's rubbish, which means they're complicit in a lie and a distortion and a fraud? Or 
are they so stupid that they assume that everything that comes across their desk is good? No, they don't assume everything that comes across their desk is good. They just liked the result that came from this particular study, so they cite that all the time. You notice they don't even cite any specifics from the Big Bangladesh study, even though that study proved that at least surgical masks work, quote-unquote, as in, like, they show some kind of impact more than zero on the most vulnerable population, but not very much, because that's, like, an extremely... That's not a very impressive result. You can't walk around saying three and a half times with that. You you know, saying like, oh, people over 50 had a 10% reduction when we got everybody in the community to wear surgical masks is like not that impressive a result. And it tells you nothing about masking kids in schools, right, with right. cloth masks. It just doesn't tell you anything about that, which they tested cloth masks in that study too and couldn't get a statistically significant result. So... <clears throat> So there's a reason why they cite, they cite this garbage study rather than the Bangladesh study, which was a well-designed study, but just didn't have a very exciting result. But you don't tend to get very exciting results with well and shocking results with well-designed studies because they tend to show like a modest result for a modest intervention, mm -hmm. which is like what you would expect kind of. And it's boring. And that's not what gets you like funding and headlines and all the exciting stuff. But I mean... the. This is a problem in all of science, right? And and especially like social sciences and epidemiology and things where it's harder to design experiments, where it's not like hard science in a lab, where, you know, it, there's a huge, people call it the replication crisis in science, where like, you know, well, you'll have one study that shows something, but then a bunch of people repeat the same study and like can't get the result again. And it's a really big issue because... A lot of the science that people cite, especially these, like, you know, they always get a ton of clickbait headlines. Like, science proves mm -hmm. that, you know, people who have dogs are 16 times as happy as people. You know, like, it's just, like, junk. And right. none of it means anything. It's just, you know, people doing nothing. So... Anyway, those of you who are following along on Patreon, stick around because we're going to do an extra segment for you. Um, but for the rest of you, you can follow us on Twitter. You can talk to us on Facebook. We're at Burn Barrel Pod on Twitter, uh, facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. Uh, we're also at burnbarrelpodcast.com, or you can send us an email, burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. Merry Christmas. Celebrate all 12 days. Say la vie. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.